Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On today's episode, it's part one of three of my awesome interview with Whitney Barbary, my current business coach. Get ready to take some notes. I feel like this interview in total will land for people that need to hear it and really will pass on people that don't. And it's totally fine either way, right? We eat the fish and spit out the bones. That's what I say. But I had an amazing time talking with her. So this is part one of three. And Whitney Barbary is a six-figure business coach. She spends her days showing entrepreneurs how to build wildly successful online businesses by blending self-mastery and big business energy. Stay tuned. You'll be so blessed. Whitney Barbary. Hi. Amazing. I am so honored. So here's the thing. I think this is months in waiting, like months. Well, I'm like probably more than that. Yeah. So I'm, people can't see me, but I'm grinning ear to ear (laughs) on this fact that it's like Christmas morning, to be honest. And I'm not like puffing you up. Like, okay, you guys. So Whitney's my coach and has been for, I believe about a year, but it actually feels longer than that. Um, and I just want you to know, I honor you and your time and just your energy and your spirit. And, you know, I'm this, um, podcast about recalibrating hearts is there's so much about this podcast, but it's more or less Holy spirit gets to do what he wants to do here. And I feel like we have a lot of similar, um, peeps will hear, but a lot of similar background story, but also just who you are. And I know when they look into you, they'll understand there's people, you guys, some of you need this woman in your life. Some of you need to connect with her. And so if you feel the nudge at any time, and I usually don't do this in the beginning, but I want to now, (laughs) if you don't, if you feel the nudge at any time, follow that nudge and hit it, like go and look into this woman and her coaching and anything she offers. And we'll get to that stuff. But if you feel the nudge, don't hesitate. Okay. Please don't hesitate. But anyway, Whitney, before I keep (laughs) going on and rambling, will you please share just a little bit about who you are and, um, really anything else on your heart before we get flowing? Yeah. My name is Whitney Barbary. I'm a worship leader, lover of Jesus, business owner. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have a almost 18 year. I mean, she's 17 and a half, which is kind of wild. Um, I'm a very passionate individual about all the things, which we'll probably get into today, but that's, I mean, that's everything in a nutshell. Now my story, we could do like 10 podcast episodes going through my story because it is wild. It is wild. Yeah. I feel like this. Okay. When you said you were on, and it's funny how I could like, I love how you must be the bomb at marketing and branding, or you just have that niche for it or that gift because I'm like, dude, I know you came from like on food stamps and government housing. And and I was like, dude, I was on food stamps and like 22 year old. And I was a single parent, dude, you're so relatable. And so I guess because yes, you said your story, what parts do you want to share before we jump into again, your relatability and man, what you've created in your life? Like what comes to mind with that? Because that story is powerful. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, it is funny because sometimes when I do interviews, they'll be like, what's your story? And I'm like, in what context? Because my story is crazy and I could go, there's a lot of directions. We, like what part, where do you want me to start? From when I was born, when my trauma started, yeah, both my I, failed marriages, what part of the story would right. you like me to start at? But I think in the context of probably your listeners, I think what's probably important for them and any part of my story that I touch on is that I grew up in church and I know everybody says that they're like, I grew up in church and that can mean something different for everyone. When I say I grew up in church, I mean, I think I was saved when I was like seven or eight, right? I did my little like sinner's prayer with my dad, like in the hallway, but we were like the people that we were like at church on Sunday morning at church on Sunday night. We were at church on Wednesdays. If you know that I grew up back, I'm 38, about to be 39. So I grew up when revivals were a thing, right? So, you know, every couple months we did a revival. So you were at church Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Like we were all, me and my brother were all, and I say forced, I don't mean like abuse, but I mean, like we didn't have a choice. We participated in the youth group. We did everything the youth group did every game night, movie night, week long missions trips in high school. Like we, we didn't have a choice. You were doing all the things you were going to church on Sunday. So like I grew up in church, my mom and dad were always involved in every church that we were at. They were always serving in every church. So we, I mean, when I'm like, I think some people will relate to that. I'm like, I don't mean that we went to church, like Sometimes I think when people say they grew up in church, like when I said there's a different context, I think, and there's no right or wrong, but I think for some people it's like, oh yeah, we went to, we went to church like on all, like on Mother's Day, on Christmas, on like on all the holidays. And my mom always prayed for us, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, no, that can be the same thing. But I'm like, no, when I say I, cause I think part, the reason that's important for my story is when you hear like how far off track I got, it's not like, mm -hmm. I didn't know better or it was just like, oh, she just didn't like, it, like, no, no, no. Like I got really far off track yep. Um, yep. for someone that legitimately grew up in church and knew all the, like, I knew all the things that the Bible said. I could quote everything to you beautifully. I knew all the scriptures, all the context, all the Christianese. I knew who all the people, like I knew who every Christian musician was. I mean, back in the nineties, yeah. there wasn't a lot of them. So it was like, I knew all five. Christian artist in the nineties. Right. Like we, yeah. I mean, we didn't celebrate Halloween. We didn't, I didn't like, I don't, I didn't get to go to a lot of school dances. Like there was just a lot of things like we didn't do any of that. We didn't see PG 13 movies. Like I wasn't, I remember I wasn't allowed to watch saved by the bell, which was huge when I was growing up. I, I mean, I had to sneak to my friend's house and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't tell my mom I'm watching saved by the bell. Like that was like horrible. So um, I grew up in that era of Christianity where it was like the world was everything and the world was demonic and like we didn't do anything. You know, it was like us and like the rest of the world. Yeah. But that's just what we grew up in in the 80s and 90s. Right. That's just what it was. I mean, I don't know your story. I don't know how long you've been in church, but like when I grew up, that's it, that I think the mentality of the church then now looking back, I'm like, that was really that was a lot. That was very intense. I, it was a little much. It was very like, we're like the church and we have to like keep ourselves in this little bubble. And then the world is like crazy and we don't go out there and like mingle with them unless you're testifying to them or trying to convert them to Christian. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, you don't mingle with the world unless you're like, you know, and we did all of this stuff out knocking on doors, asking to pray for people. Like we did all the things in the nineties, right. Mm -hmm. And the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. So I just find, I think that's why I went so far off 
the deep end because when I got some freedom, I was like, I'm doing everything. (laughs) And I'll be honest, it was a lot of fun. Me and my husband talk about that. You know, people talk about, Mm. I I have this conversation with my husband so much. I have yet to reach that point where people say, well, yeah, but when you realize how much you were in sin, were you really having fun? I'm like, I I was like, I look back over my twenties and I'm like, I was wiling out. I had a lot of fun. I don't know that I would take it back. I'm like, that was all part of my story. It was all supposed to happen. But looking mm-hmm. back, I'm like, yeah, was I lost? And was I quote unquote looking for love in all the wrong places? And did I make a lot of mistakes? And did I do a lot of crazy things? I did. But I also look back on that time and the, a lot of my experiences and the friendships and just the things I did. And I'm like, well, lost or not, I was having a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how the enemy uses it, right? Because it is fun. But people will go, but were you really having fun now that you know no. that? I'm like, no, I really was. I had a really good time. In my all my 20s were just a series of like, you know, unfortunate events <laughs> that I put on myself, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I did. I know, but like you're hilarious. (laughs) One of the reasons too why you like talking about serious crap right now, but like I'm rolling because Mm -hmm. you say what people want to say and what don't have, they don't have the courage to say it. I know. And but at the same time, it's freedom. And right now, like from that story, man, a couple of things I got, and I don't know, sometimes I weave in this and that with my podcast, but it's like a session. But what I got is like, man, the Lord using you and of course you don't have to receive this i'm sharing i saw the lord like he's going back to get his people and his children who like fell away too or making it relatable in a healing way like you're going to save the lost in different ways Mm -hmm. but interesting how consistent like i'm looking at your guys's background your parents and all that how consistency must have been laid or foundation must have been laid um i'm not so much looking for the gold but i'm like dude you're in sales sales back door to door stuff which is so intriguing to me so i appreciate you sharing that But a lot of people, man, I, one of the hearts of mine is like the father's been misrepresented. I probably, cause I had to search. I felt like I had to search so much. Like, who are you really Lord? Like, cause you're not who they represented, but then again, my ideals. So I totally relate with that. And I feel some people are like, yeah, like a lot of people are like, dude, tell me about it. You know, when it comes to like the partying and the, you had a lot of fun. I just appreciate that honesty as well, because I don't want that black and white, which we'll probably yeah. get into this black and white of who's right and who's wrong. And mm, I just get that right now. I'm like, I know I it's, like, that. it's not healthy. It's not it's healthy. Not. You know, something you said though, cause you do like, well, I mean, you kind of know my parents, right. By like, yeah. Yep. Or whatever they would call yep. it. Um, it's like six degrees of separation, but I remember, I don't remember who said it. It's probably been six, five or six years ago. Uh, one of the prophetic voices I listened to, he was saying something about, um, that basically the age that we're in when the prodigals, right? Cause I mean, I was a product, you know, again, we can get into I know, that car. I, I think we make everything real serious. It's like, I was a prodigal, like, right. okay. it's like this thing, <sighs> but like in the sense, in the context, mm-hmm. what he was saying is a lot of the prodigals mm-hmm. have that foundation. So what was happening is when, when they, when they come back right to their first love i'm here i'm getting into christianity i'm like i'm telling you i can quote all things it's this fast change because the foundations were already there it's not like we like had to come back to jesus and it's like and it takes time to now reintegrate ourselves it's like you're seeing these prodigals like you can just look at all kinds of people even some celebrities they come back to the their faith and it's like they're on they're on and it's 
not to sound like anyone, not, I'm not hierarchy people, but oh. the way he was explaining it, I'm like, no, that makes sense. It's almost like these prodigals go out, they do their thing. And then when they come back, it's like, they're just on and they're almost more on fire and doing more for the kingdom than, than we'll say some of these more religious, like the Pharisees yeah. that think they know it all. And it's like, we just come back and we're like, but I already had the foundation. I don't have to be taught it. Yeah. It's interesting. And I started to watch it and I'm like, that is what's happening it, because of the age that we live, the era that we're in, things are moving very quickly. And it's not this like, oh, well, now I need another 10 years to like reintegrate myself. And like, it's like, no, we just come back and we're just, it's just on. So true. It, that's how it was for me. It's like our ministries pop off quick. And I, I don't know. It's very fascinating. We're in a fast moving age. God's not, you know, yeah, I don't get into all that end time stuff. It's not about that, but oh, it is no. about, we live in a, it's, it's a very different era mm. and we are living in a new age as much as Christians are like new age. That's the devil. <laughs> I'm like, no, but the truth is we are in a new age and we are called to be new age beings. Um, yes. things are moving very quickly. And there's if actually scientifically, I think it was in 2021 one of the years recently, the earth was actually spinning very quickly on its axis, mm -hmm. which is why, which ironically, someone that, that believes she's a witch, um, mm -hmm. was talking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another coach that I follow that kind of dives into some witchy stuff, but, um, she was actually talking about that. And I just thought it's so interesting that, you know, this, mm -hmm. and you're telling me, and I should know this. Right. And I fact checked it and I'm like, why do they know these things? because we won't touch them but they know and i'm like what source they're getting it from i don't know but why do they know things that we don't it's unacceptable uh-huh i mean i admire it i don't judge them for it i'm like consuming what they're saying i'm like why do you know these things i should know these things yes. um but it was interesting when she said that i did fact check it so yeah the world is if it feels like time is flying it is the yes. world was spinning faster on its axis Agreed. I totally agreed. And another thing too, what I heard in there when you were like prodigals come home and we're saying it like most of my audience is a really good emotional intelligence. I feel, but yeah. either way, I'm just going to assume like, well, you can Brian Orem on here. I'm like, yeah. this podcast is not for people that are like, <laughs> What a stuffy people. I'm like, no, they're open to a lot yeah. of things. So yeah, totes, which is why I appreciate this so much. And you being on here because I'm like, they can eat the fish and spit out the bones, whatever they yeah. want. What I heard was hope through your, like, hope for your message, not someone listening who's lost, but well, actually I feel like there's a lot of hope in that message that the oh, yeah. foundations laid that they have like, come on, turn your heart back to the Lord and watch what he does with it. And not like he hates you. And you know, there's just so much shame around this. Like there's so much shame around things. And I don't know which way to go with it because we have a lot in common when it comes to life. So I'm going to go and shift it back yeah. to you, but I love, I love the way things are going so far. Um, your relatability. And I have this in my notes, like there's just something that you're like, I'm home right in your coaching containers. Like I'm home. And I know my heart and spirit felt that without knowing you're a worship leader yeah. to me, sometimes too, it's safety. It feels safe when someone's, a yeah. worship, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that, but you don't hang out there. You don't talk about that all the time. It was like six months in. I'm like, Oh, she's a worship leader. Okay. All right. Or was. <laughs> so I was like, okay, but the relatability. And I just want to know, like, what has influenced you? And like, who, like when you came first became a coach and I know it's your whole life that's influenced this, but what has influenced you or what do you want to share on that where you were like, okay, this is inspiring to me. I want to be like this or whatever, you know, um, like in my coaching business. Yeah. I feel like, yes, I, yes. Cause those are two questions. A love your relatability. B yeah. it feels really safe in your containers and it's important for people to feel safe. And maybe I yeah. want to go that way actually. 
Yeah. When I later share who is influencing you, that's just my personal curiosity, the influence. But I want to say that one of the things like that has me like I'm home is the safety that you create, especially from me. I've been through multiple traumas, healed through multiple traumas. That's important to learn and glean from. Not everybody is like that, right? So tell me more why that's important. Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to answer that question when it's not, I'm like, I don't actually know who influences me. I think that was my problem when I came into the online space is I was like, everybody's so vanilla and everything is so Christianese and all of these Christian coaches sound like each other. And it all just sounds like really fake and fluffy. And I'm like, why don't we have any personality? Why are we not just real people? I don't know. It was hard. It was hard in the beginning because I was trying to get in all these Christian circles, you know, cause we don't get coaching outside of other Christians and like all these things. So I was like trying to like dive into all these Christian spaces and hire Christian coaches. And I would just get in these programs and be like, I'm not relating to any of this. Like, you know, it's funny because when I came back to God or like whatever you want to call it, I wasn't married. I didn't know my husband. I'd actually just gotten my gone. I was going through my second divorce and I went back to a church that I'd went to like years before. And it was just like a non-denominational church. And I, they were having like a women's, um, one of the associate pastor's wives who she's great. And I love her. She, um, was like having like coffee get to like, basically on like random Tuesday mornings, like 15 women would like, just, we would just go to her house and like have coffee and hang out and talk. And I was like, Oh, I should like build community. Cause apparently all these friends I have, like they're not Christians and I'm not supposed to be hanging. You know, I was trying to do the, like surround yourself with all the Christians. <laughs> and so I would go to these coffee chats and all these women would be talking and I would just be like, they just, and I, and, and again, it's not, I'm not making fun of them. I'm truly not. And I'm not bashing that. It's like, I'm like, that's great. If you've never had to struggle, if you've never been through trauma, if you've always been on the straight and narrow, I'm like, great. That's great. I'm not saying everyone should have my story, but it was like, no one there even remotely. They just couldn't, mm. I would just talk and their faces would be like, mm. like they were trying, but there was like, I could not relate. And because they just had these perfect little lives. It was like, mm they grew up in church and their parents always had a lot of money and like they, they never strayed away from God. And then they like married, they like, you know, they were virgins when they got married and they married their first love that they met in college. And then they had these perfect little kids that went to their perfect little Christian schools. And they like had mommy day out at Starbucks with their friends every weekday. And then like they served at the church and they had these and, you know, again, it's like, now that I'm a coach, I'm like, no, one's this perfect. But on the outside, it was like, they have these perfect little marriages and perfect little children and they're perfect little Christian schools. And like, I just was like, Mm-mm. I don't know. I'm going through my second divorce. I share custody wow. with my ex. He's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of trauma from childhood that I'm currently trying to work through. And uh, I don't know. I had an abortion once and I have tattoos and piercings and I'm not. Sometimes I still say cuss words. I'm not really sure what to talk about. I would just talk, and then I just remember I'd be like, "Wow, I don't relate to these women at all." And that's what I found when I got into the um, online coaching spaces. I was just like, "Where are the real Christians at?" Like, and I don't mean real Christians. Like, are they saved? I mean, like, where are the real people? Where are they? Because this is this is stuffy. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't really model myself after anyone. And after a couple of years, I just remember God being like, 
I want you to create the space that you wish you had when you came in the industry. Like when I started making money and I was doing really well and I went from life coaching to business coaching and I was creating business coaching containers, programs, masterminds and such. He was like, I want you to create the containers, the spaces that you wish you would have had, which is why I kind of do that what I do. And yes, the trauma and the stuff is important. The last church that we were at, that me and my my husband was the youth pastor, and I was a worship pastor, like the last church that we were at, I got a lot. That was the church I was in when I started my coaching business. And I got a lot of pushback in that church about like, just people shouldn't need that. Jesus covered everything by his blood on the cross. Like you're telling people to seek their own um, understanding and you're telling people to do things without Christ. And it was just that whole, like, I got a lot of pushback from the pastor, from other leaders. There were people in the congregation that were hiring me. And then they would tell me like, oh, like I spoke to someone on staff and they don't think I should be like pursuing coaching. And it was just this weird, like, I mean, it was weird. It was so weird. I don't know. It was bizarre. I mean, it, I was like, we're all serving together. Like, I, yeah. So I, the reason I think I create so much safety is I saw how much, and you've probably experienced this, right? It's like, it's hard to find churches that are really open to people's like trauma. And the fact that like, it didn't all just go away when I met Jesus. Like it wasn't just like, poof, it's gone. And like, they don't know what to do with that. And they don't want to deal with trauma that maybe comes within church and serving. And when people do things wrong to other people in the church, it's like, we just look away. It's like, you just forget. I mean, this is what I was always taught even by people really close to me. It's like, you just forgive. I mean, I've had Bible shoved in my face, but the Bible says you just forgive. Why can't you just let this go? Why can't you just move on? And I'm like, that's not the way trauma works. Mm -mm. And I wanted to create a space where it was like, hmm. we're not just bypassing trauma because somebody said that that's what the Bible says, because that's not what it says. I think I just wanted safety for people in I mean, just in general. And yeah. also about, it, it was this time last year, actually, I mean, my husband were on the way to Disney and I don't remember what had happened, but I think, I don't remember what had happened. I don't remember if a client had made a comment or something. And I remember we were driving to Disney and I remember saying to my husband, do I have to talk about God and everything that I do? Like, can it just be understood at some point, we just assume it's, he's there and in it. Like, I, I think it was a client that had been in my world for years. Um, I used to have some really religious mindset clients. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't remember, but she had, I remember she had like called out something where she was like, oh, oh, I remember she said, oh, you had this guest speaker come into a program I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I guess the guest speaker, cause I wasn't on the call. It was while I was on my way to Disney. The guest speaker was, apparently was telling them that they were enough or something. And my client like tagged her in the post, in a post in the Facebook group, like after the call. And she was like, I'm not going to lie. I was really struggling on that call because, you know, I love your guest, but she kept saying that we're enough and she wasn't saying in Christ and that we're not enough on our own. We're only enough in Christ. And she like tagged me and, and my guest. And I was like, how disrespectful can you be? I was just so mad. I was so mad. I was so mad. I mean, my husband, I was like, do we have, do I have to, like, am I wrong for like, when? not wanting to talk about God and everything that I, cause it's like, it's just understood. It's just like, it's there. Like why? Cause I said to him, if I was a lawyer and I was a Christian, people wouldn't come to me and be like, why don't you talk about God mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you're lawyering? 
You know, if I was like a doctor, why don't you talk about God when you're doctoring? It's like, it's, this is the only industry that we like shove it onto people where we're like, but you should be talking about God and you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And it's like, it has to be God, 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 and everything. And I'm like, what if I'm just a Christian that has a business? Hmm. Is that okay with it with everyone? Do I have to have a Christian business? Because there are some people that are called to the space and they're supposed to be a Christian that has a business, but their business is supposed to be like Christian focused. It's supposed to be that way. Um, Jennifer Allwood, who maybe might be one of the only people I can say influences me, right? Because she's not stuffy. I remember her actually saying one time, I was listening to like a podcast of hers or something. And she was saying, some of you actually need to stop making your business so Christian-y because that's not what your business is supposed to be. And that's why it's struggling. And I was like, thank you. She was like, some of you actually need to like lay off that in your business because you're trying to make it something it's not supposed to be. Some of you are just supposed to be a Christian that also happens to own a business. Just like if you were a doctor or a lawyer or you owned a carpet company, right? Like it's, I was like, yes, thank you. Why are we trying to like shove God into everything in a way that he's not trying to be? Like we're trying to put him in a box of what he's supposed to be in it. And I'm like, so anyways, that's a long-winded answer, but I feel like I've just wanted to create safety because I'm like, I'm so sick of this. And what my, what my containers are not going to be is how I feel like we had, we were taught to be in the nineties and maybe the early two thousands was like, it's us. And then the secular world. And it's like us and them. I didn't want it to be that. And what I didn't want is to have all these stuffy Christians in my program. And then if somebody came in that wanted my help building their business, that wasn't a Christian, I didn't want them to now all of a sudden feel unsafe or uncomfortable in my container because they don't believe like me. I was like, that's not what we're doing here. That's because that would be a weird culture to come in. And like, I didn't want other Christians to be like, well, that one person on the call is talking about, because as in the coaching industry, people coach on a lot of things. Like I, like the program that you're in inner circle, there's other people in inner circle that do like, um, astrology and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, I'm not here to tell people what they are and aren't allowed to do. I'm helping them build a business, but I didn't want people like that to come in and feel like they couldn't ask for help or coaching with their business because other people in the group didn't approve of what they do. I'm like, it's not our job to approve of what they do. Mm. Let them do what they're doing. It's their journey. I'm not here to approve or disapprove. I'm not here to like tell, I'm not here to shove God onto people. It's their journey. Like when I was out living in the world, the last thing I wanted was someone to come tell me what I was. I was like, I already know what I'm supposed to be doing, honey. I can quote scriptures better than you. I promise. I'm good where I'm at right now. I'm having a lot of fun. Let me be. And I knew, I always knew in my mind at some point I was going to have to let that life go. I wanted to do what I wanted to. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just being like honest. I'm like, it wasn't that I strayed away from God because I had this existential crisis where I was like, is God real? Do I believe? I always believed. In fact, even when I was in those times, I was still going to church. I mean, and it was very therapeutic for me to go to church on Sundays, right? Yep. I was still going to church, but like I was living a very different life. Yeah. I always knew at some point, this is not going to last forever. Yeah. This lifestyle, eventually I'm going to have to let this, leave this behind. I didn't know when it was going to be. And then I got through my second divorce and I was like, I think, I just felt like, I think it's time me and God had a moment. Mm. I don't need anybody. I didn't need anybody during that 12, 15 years shoving God down my throat. I'm like, I don't need that. That's not going to get what you want from me. Yeah. And I'm not here to do that to someone else. And I'm not here to tell anyone else they're wrong. 
And I think you'll understand this, like, to be honest, and the deeper I get into the supernatural, I'm like, I'm not even convinced at this point that a lot of these people are doing something wrong. Like you, like a lot of people are, well, she does this and that's new age. And I'm like, yeah. And there was a time that I would have been like, that's demonic. And now I'm like, I, I think they're tapped into something that we, I should have figured out a long time ago. Yeah. From what I'm understanding now, since I came back to God, I've started exploring something very different. Just like you said, you've had to have conversations of like, God, who are you? Because who Mm. you've been taught to me, this isn't actually adding up anymore. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people are in deconstructing journeys, Mm. which Mm. is what I've been in for years. I'm like, it's not deconstructing to decide if I believe in God or, or, or Yahweh. I do. It's, it's who is he really? Because I don't think he was ever taught to me. I don't think I was. I don't think God's true heart and nature and character was ever actually taught to me. Yeah. I know. I think it was a lot of fire and brimstone. And like, if you don't live this perfectly holy life, then you're probably going to hell. So get your holiness together. It was always just like, am I holy enough? Am I good enough? Am I saved enough? Am I Christian enough? Am I winning enough souls? Am I like doing all, am I, am I, am I, am I, am I forgiving enough? Am I being a good enough disciple? Like it was just like suffocating. And I'm like, and I didn't want people coming into my space and feeling suffocated by other religious spirits in my space. Yeah, I think I've weeded them out, honestly, at this point. It, the last year, I've really gone to work to be my most authentic self. And they, when I say they fell off like flies, they were falling off like flies. Yeah, I had a mastermind this same time last fall. Mm-hmm. And my husband will tell you, I had about 12 people in it. And within like a 90 day period, we were down to like five. They were falling off like I have to leave the mastermind. I have to go. This isn't the space for me. I don't think God wants me. I mean, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, money was just walking out the door with them because that's my most, I wasn't offering one-on-one at the time. That was my most expensive package. So for people to just be leaving and then walking out, like I was just watching money, like walk out the door. I was like, and with every person that leaves, this is also income, just like walking out the door. And then like they, it just, every time I got a message from someone, I was like, Oh my God, are they quitting today? It got to that point where I was like, are they all just going to quit? And I told my husband, none of them are giving me reasons why they're leaving, but I don't need a reason. I already know. Mm. I know why they're leaving. It's just not going to be the space for them anymore. And they feel it. And I feel it. That's why I didn't fight any of them. I mean, they had all signed agreements. I didn't even try to hold them to it. I was just like, Mm -mm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were not renewing in some of my other programs and I'm like, I get it, mm-hmm. but this is what needs to happen because I can't bring guest speakers. In. I mean, it was, um, you, I don't know if you mm-hmm. are familiar with my Kai, cause I don't yeah, know if you were. Yeah. Oh, she's the like I'm like, she's the, she's the, she's the powerful <laughs> woman of God. I know. I don't think she needs to say you're enough in Christ for you to know what she's saying. And for you, I thought, and for you to tag her in the post for her to see this, I was like, what is happening? That's, I mean, I remember we were on the way to Disney and I was so mad. Just, I remember I was driving and I was like, talking about this and I was like, why did you think they can do that? I was like, how dare you? It's dishonorable. It's disrespectful. I was like, what? I was just so frustrated. And I thought this has to change. Mm. I don't like these spaces that I'm creating because they're not safe for other people or me. They're not safe for me. Mm-hmm. I had clients that were always trying to correct me. And I'm like, I'm your coach. I'm not here to debate with you on if I interpreted that scripture in the way you thought that it was supposed to be interpreted. We're not here to argue theology. Go do that with your pastor. 